Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Hey, what's up, everyone? The boys from Last Podcast on the left here telling you about our new special. We filmed it in Chicago, and it was absolutely a wonderful experience. And you can buy it now for $6.66 if you just go to lastpodcastlive.com. That's it, buddy. Help hail him in the year of 2019. Watch watch as our bodies jiggle upon the stage, (laughs) and you hopefully laugh with delight. Yeah, this is a a recording of one of our live performances. So if you've never seen us live and you've always wanted to, uh, this is uh, your opportunity opportunity everybody can see us live now and next year we will have a whole new show so you will not be seeing what you see on this live show again that's it you're watching something that will never happen again yeah thank you all so much for your support this past year 2018 was absolutely incredible and we are excited uh, to bring you a new show in 2019 again last podcast live.com that's last podcast live.com Go out there, buy it for $6.66, and don't forget, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Happy New Year! What's up, everyone? Ben Kissel here with Marcus Parks. It's 2019. Happy New Year! Seems like just yesterday it was 2018. <laughs> oh, God. That was actually three days ago. It was three days ago. That's when it was 2018. Well, I hope everyone had a great holiday. It's great to be back with you guys for a new year. We're going to have a lot of the exciting things to talk about. Finally, we're going to get some primary action with the Democrats. Elizabeth Warren has already thrown her name into the ring, and uh, she's uh, you know getting a lot of press coverage. It, interesting timing, you know, right before 2019. Mm-hmm. That's when she announced a big. Uh, she had a nice little video, and then she's been doing a lot of Insta stories. Yeah, and if you watch her Insta stories. Don't even try to be human. Yeah. Like politicians who are just like, I'm just like you. At one point in the Insta story, it was very, it's like 45 minutes long. Just her in her kitchen. And at one point she's like, I'm going to go grab a beer. And it's like, okay. All right. And then she has a sip of beer. But the thing is, I noticed, because I'm watching, Uh Eagle Eyes, she never has another sip of beer. (laughs) One sip of beer? What kind of, that's that's psychopath behavior. That's where it's wasteful is what it is. It is wasteful. You know it got warm after 45 minutes sitting there on her (laughs) Massachusetts countertop. Anyway, so she's in, so we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about that and uh, other potential Democratic candidates. It's going to be an exciting field. It really is. I'm excited for it. I can't say the word excited enough. I've already said it five times. All right. Yeah, you're excited, man. I'm excited. I, I think I am apprehensive, yet... Excited. Excited. All right. <laughs> Very good. It's a, it's a diverse group of folks. I talked about that recently on Fox News. I think I won my debate this week. Yeah? Oh, it was Against- Stu. 
some gal. She works for the Daily Signal, uh, which is a conservative. Uh, for some reason, conservative um, websites always like the Daily. They like Daily stuff. Yeah. So it's the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. So I guess you get, you get a signal every day, which I, I don't know what it means. And it reminds you. It's daily. It's daily. Every day you show up. Every day you show up. So I talked a little bit about the diversity uh, within the Democratic Party, which is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Also, Donald Trump, uh, Mad Dog Mattis, he is out as Secretary of Defense. And uh, a lot of people, it's just so bizarre to me. Watching, I like my MSNBC. You know I like to watch my MSNBC. But the way that they are like praising Mad Dog Mattis, it's very bizarre to me. Because the guy's nickname is Mad Dog, yeah. which I don't really like in a general. I like it in a fine wine <laughs> if it's followed by the uh, numbers 2020, yeah. because hindsight is 2020, and so is Mad Dog. <laughs> um, but he is out because he was super pissed off about the potential pullout of ground troops in Syria. He says, I can't deal with this anymore. No one's listening to me here. Donnie, I'm out of here. And Donald said that he fired him, but of course he didn't fire him. Uh, Mattis did quit, indeed, in protest of Donald Trump's foreign policy maneuver when it comes to Syria. Uh, Obama did fire Mad Dog Mattis at one point. I mean, so I don't know. The guy is who he is. He's a strange dude. It sounds like I don't need a Mad Dog as a general. I want a calm, patient um, intelligent dog, not a dog that if it goes to a shelter, it's immediately going to be killed. Well, don't they also but, okay. call him the Warrior Monk? Isn't that his other nickname? I don't. I can't keep up with all these <laughs> Jet Li movie titles. I have no idea. I, I don't think, like the nicknames on any generals. Yeah. I, I, whatever. I think. I think that it was Mattis's other nickname was the Warrior the, Monk. The Warrior Monk. Yeah, because he uh, does. He. Uh, I, I. I don't know. Doesn't I think. wear underwear under his clothes. <laughs> I mean, what does that even mean? Uh, so potentially, uh, obviously, it's it's a pretty it's uh, it's a short list yeah. of people who want to be Secretary of Defense under Donald Trump. I mean, he's pretty much rolling with some, uh, you know, he's not he's not getting the creme of the creme not anymore. Of, of talent. Well, I mean, not that he ever really was, but I mean, it, it's we're, a, we're on round two of that. The group that wasn't really great. Now we're on round two. I think we're more on round three or four. Yeah, we're I, deep. We're deep in the bench. Yeah. Here. We're, we're, in <laughs> we're, a, we're we're going way down into the minor leagues here. Yeah, we uh, got for these the, people. And the, the further down we go, the more dangerous it gets. Yeah, we had uh, at one point, perhaps we had um, let's use a football soccer analogy. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were. Well, the Brazilians are very good. I don't think he ever had a Brazilian. No. Uh, Maybe an Icelander. Iceland. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Iceland's pretty good. They can play on snow, which isn't easy. But now we're down to the United States uh, national team. It's, it's not going great. It's not going great. But uh, potentially, the person who could be the new Secretary of Defense, this is someone they're sniffing around a bit, Jim Webb. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jim Webb, he's a former Democrat. I don't hate him. Uh, I really don't. Uh, he ran in 2016, kind of. I mean, the whole thing was... Jim Webb was sort of, um, he, he was kind of struck by the tone of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. It kind of overtook him a little bit. It, he was no longer seen as uh, someone who was liberal enough to even really be on the stage, uh, specifically when it comes to Bernie Sanders. You could see him when Bernie Sanders was talking about 99% against the 1%. You could see his head sort of getting bigger, which is quite bizarre because mm-hmm. it's already huge. Uh, he's got a Haley Joel Osment <laughs> type head, uh, but he might be Secretary of Defense. And I got to say, I don't hate that move. He was one of the few former military men who was against the war in Iraq, which 
I think we can all agree, was a massive foreign blunder Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest, most colossal mistakes in U.S. foreign policy history. Of course, it's not not as bad as Nam, but you know we're sniffing around the Nam area, getting there. So Jim Webb might be the new Secretary of Defense. Uh, we are also currently, I think it's like 13 days in now to a government shutdown. Um, going back to Jim Webb just quickly, I think that's a fine thing. Hopefully, he takes it and uh, you know can figure some stuff out. He does have experience, and uh, he's not as far as as far as the B team or C team that we were talking about. He's probably about the best that Donald Trump can get at this point. I suppose so. Um, When it comes to the government shutdown, we are day 13. Now, the whole government isn't shut down. The military is still doing very good. Mm -hmm. They're still out there. They got their $700 billion to play with. They're still around. But 25% of the government shut down. National parks, uh, a lot of uh, public, uh, a lot of government workers on furlough. Uh, you know, they're not getting their paychecks. The government actually sent out an email or a uh, a letter telling them how to negotiate with their landlords and power companies and gas companies uh, to get a uh, to get an extension on their bills, which is just horrible. You yeah. imagine that it's December 25th or the 26th and you got to call your freaking landlord and, and beg them grovel uh, to have an extension on your rent because the government is so dysfunctional. They can't get you a goddamn paycheck. Um, so the reason that this is happening, and we're not going to go in too much on this because it's just it's so transparent, it's so obvious, it's just so stupid. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump wants the five billion dollar wall. Of course, the term wall is. Lindsey Graham has said it's a metaphor. Some people say it's not going to be a it's not going to be brick and concrete wall because that doesn't even make any sense because uh, there's a whole what, do you, what that whole river. Yeah, you know, and the mountains, and it just yeah, doesn't the Rio Grande and Big Bend, and some of the most intense right. uh, wilderness in all of America. Nature's Wall. Yes, that's what they should call it. And then Donald Trump would love it. Mm-hmm. Nature's Wall. <laughs> um, but he wants five billion bucks for it. And again, you know, given the U.S. Uh, budget, it's not really that much money. Um, but on principle, the Democratic Party, specifically Nancy Pelosi, who is now the new Speaker of the House, she officially banged the gavel uh, this Thursday. She's in. They had her uh, office already filling up with with uh, her couches and and desks and stuff like that before she officially was the Speaker of the House. So, I mean, it was pretty obvious who it was going to be. Yeah. She knows how to uh, get votes. She used to be a whip, so she knows how to whip up those votes. So she is the Speaker of the House. Her and Chuck Schumer sat down with Trump and they were like, and Trump was like, I'll shut the government down if, you, if I don't get the five billion. And he's like, I'll take full responsibility. He spent the entire vacation alone in the White House <laughs> tweeting about about it which was how it wasn't his responsibility how was the democrats (laughs) fault and oh my god how alone was he he was so alone he was i'm sorry i guess i'm just gonna be working here while you folk were out there having a good time honestly i think he just like haunted the halls (laughs) because he was like sitting there he was talking he's like it's a big building it's a big building i'm like yeah he's like no one else was here and so you can just imagine him in like a little donald trump embroidered with a little dt on his on his bizarre (laughs) little freaking night night outfit mm-hmm. and just walking the halls of the Lincoln bedroom and all that shit just like how did I get here yeah what the hell happened I maybe th- setting up uh, little uh, micro machines under the doors just in case <laughs> there's a home invader because he watched home alone with Macaulay Culkin and he got a little spooked uh-huh. got a little scared <laughs> Um, so he was there a lot. So the Dems are like, we're not going to give you five bill for the wall. Um, and Donald Trump, as we talked about on the episode, it seems so long ago. Yeah, uh, This is really a cornerstone of his political base's belief that they want the damn wall. However that is, whether it be steel slats or whatever the hell, spikes, whatever. If he backs down on the wall, 
He's going to lose the Coulters of the world, Hannity's of the world, this really hardcore Trump fanatical base. It's the only thing they care about is this freaking wall. Um, so he really can't back down. You know, he has no leverage here, though, to uh, to work with because obviously the Dems coming in now and having control in the House. The first time they've had control of one third of the government in eight years of, of Congress mm-hmm. in eight years of half of Congress. Uh, rather, first time they had control of half of Congress uh, in eight years. So um, so the Dems said, we'll give you one point five billion for border security. Uh, but not the wall. And Donald Trump has said no to that. There's two options on the table to fund the government through September. And he's going to say no. Who knows how long this freaking thing is going to go on for. It's just more of uh, an indication of the president inevitably will take the blame for the government shutdown. Yeah. Because it's an indication of lack of leadership and his inability to uh, really make deals and yeah. have the, the art of the deal come to fruition when it comes to funding the government. And you know who said that? Who? Donald Trump back Don- in 2015. Hmm. There's a tweet <laughs> for everything. Not 2015. I think it was 2008. When was the last government shutdown when they uh, shut down the government uh, because they said they couldn't there afford was, Obamacare? There was like three under Obama. It happened regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each yeah. time uh, Trump fired off a tweet about yep. this is the president's responsibility. This is due to a lack of leadership every well, single time. I mean, Trump kind of you know shot himself in the foot saying he's going to take full responsibility. Well, you because know? he doesn't think before he speaks. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying he was like, I'm going to take full responsibility for yeah. it. But so, he also knows that because uh, he's not talking to regular people anymore. He's talking to his base. He's uh, yelling and, at the TV and yelling at the Radio, yeah, and he knows that he can say that. He knows he can say, "I can." I'm going to take full responsibility for the shutdown, and he knows that he can turn right around in two weeks, or not even two weeks. What was it? Five days. Turn around five days later and blame it on the Democrats, and his base is going to eat it up, and they're going to and well, they're going to follow him wherever he goes. So he's just throwing shit a wall, throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. The sad thing is, you know, just from bird's eye view, both of them are assholes. You know, it's just like just the five billion for border security. Just call it five billion for border security and get the government back and running. But of course, politics, you know, that they exist. Yeah. And naturally, uh, the Democrats have a lot more leverage at this point. So Trump is going to have to going to have to bend. They all again, they already offered one point five million. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some or billion rather. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like three billion total for border security and they'll do something with slats and something like this and then trump will say look at this big victory and the democrats will say we never gave him the wall yeah and it'll get going again so that's it's just i don't to me it just seems amateur hour politics because it's just so simple Mm -hmm. you know it's not really a complex issue here they they agree with eight um of the most important key components when it comes to funding, uh, specifically when it comes to funding, you know, the government for all the paychecks coming out. Uh, the military is always going to be funded, uh, but they got to get this thing going through September. So we'll see how long it lasts. It's going to it's going to have to come to an end at some point. Well, I mean, the wall is I mean, it is uh, we've known this from the very beginning. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. It's always Absolutely. been symbolic and it's symbolic to both sides. You know, it's a. Uh, it's symbolic to the. I think if the Democrats give Trump the wall or give him anything that can be seen as a wall, uh, I think it hurts him. I think it hurts, and I think it also hurts this country. I think it hurts us to have such a huge waste on our border and such a gigantic 
symbol uh, of bigotry and hatred. You know, it just it, it really is that it, absolutely. It's, it's a huge symbol of bigotry and hatred, and uh, everyone knows that it doesn't work. Everyone knows that it right. doesn't work. Right. Uh, everyone knows that it's complete and total bullshit. But the Republicans want their symbol, and the Democrats don't want them to have that symbol. Most Americans don't want them to have most that symbol. Most Americans Not don't. even Democrats. I mean, just most Americans do not want this stupid fucking wall. Well, and especially people, perhaps they voted for Trump, but people who live on the border states, uh, who live in specifically uh, the border state of Texas, they don't want a freaking wall. No. You know, because we talked about this before. We always talk about it uh, nationally from the perspective of folks going in or coming into the country, but there's a lot of people who want to come come out of the country, <laughs> go to Mexico for a day or whatever. They used they used to happen a lot more often. Yeah. But with the tenor of Washington right now, and of course with uh, what's going on uh, with the southern border, that kind of tourism isn't really uh, as prominent as it should be and as it was. So uh, you know, you also have a lot of eminent domain situations going on there people just being like this is my yard and now there's a wall in the middle of it and i I didn't want this Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things also when it comes to mexico if you look at what they've done as we talked about previously with the immigrants who are rolling through in that caravan who did roll through in that caravan uh it's hondurans ecuadorians you know Uh, mexico has already deported a hundred thousand of those people because they're not mexican so mexico is like you have to get out of our country as well so i don't see why uh the u.s isn't utilizing a relationship or really expressing our partnership with Mexico when it comes to immigration, because right now, uh, because those people were forced to stay on that side of the wall or that side of the border, Mexico is doing the brunt of the work uh, that the U.S. so the U.S. doesn't have to, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing the vetting process and uh, and they're taking care of immigration in their own right. This isn't just about the United States. You know, because they're not it's not Mexican immigrants flooding over the border. as, of course, uh, Donald Trump likes to make the American people believe, uh, (sighs) whether it be in July of 2015, the fourth sentence out of his mouth when it comes to running for president and today. So uh, there's a lot uh, going on there with immigration still. But when it comes to the wall, as Marcus said, symbolic, as Lindsey Graham said, it's a metaphor. Um, and uh, right now, the politics of it are petty and stupid, and the American people who specifically get paid by the government would like a paycheck. Yeah, so they're suffering get it for done. it. A lot of and, people I mean, are suffering for this. And at some point, both parties both parties are taking a hit for it. You mm-hmm. know that. It's not, if, it, if it continues, uh, the American people are just going to say, enough with the freaking fighting. We have to be the parent mm-hmm. uh, between these two stupid children. Enough with the fighting. Get it done. I don't give a crap. Give the guy three billion bucks for call it whatever the hell he wants to call it. Mm-hmm. Because at one point he's like, "Are we gonna? Is that what we're gonna? Are we gonna come down to give the baby his bottle? Yeah, give the baby his bottle. <laughs> because at some point, again, <laughs> there's real people. In, to, yeah, that's there's what, real people's lives at yeah, stake. You know? I know. God damn. Um, well, speaking of uh, deals, uh, the trade war in China. This is we'll we'll just do a little uh, tippy toe dive in here. The U.S. and China have a better chance of striking a trade deal now that the U.S. is beginning to feel a bigger pinch from the trade war after Apple's earnings warning and a sharp drop in U.S. manufacturing activity. So basically what happened is the Chinese economy isn't doing great. U.S. economy is on the decline right now. And Mm -hmm. as we talked about previously, 2020, 2021, most economists think the economy is going to crash. Yeah. Uh, Take a big, big nosedive. That's just kind of how it ebbs and flows, obviously, with the repeal of, uh, I believe it was Dodd-Frank that uh, that 
told banks not to loan to people who don't have the cash to pay it back. Mm-hmm. They, they lifted that, so you got a lot of folks spending outside their means. The bubble is blowing up right in front of our eyes when it comes to uh, real estate without a doubt. There's a lot of other bubbles that we see uh, blowing up right in front of our eyes that are definitely going to pop by them. So because Chinese, uh, the Chinese economy isn't doing great, the U.S. economy is on the decline right now. Um, obviously, it's still doing all right. Mm-hmm. We're still doing fine. Um, but because of that, the trade war that Donald Trump wants that with the tariffs and all that looks to be on the back burner because neither country are doing really well. So that seems to be, um, I guess, positive in some ways that they're going to strike a deal because there is a window of opportunity to strike a deal before the U.S. economy weakens further and China comes out of its slump later in the year. This is according to a global economist. So U.S. officials see signs of progress in trade negotiations ahead of formal talks next week and see a weaker Chinese economy as a catalyst for it to join talks Mm. so look at that it wasn't as bad as uh it could be yeah because of course we were all very worried about a trade war with china as we saw when w bush tried to do tariffs he wanted to do it for like two years and i think he lasted three or four months uh, before he's like oh this is a horrible idea yeah so that's interesting um all right back to america let's talk a little bit more about uh the primary season that's upon us it's it's exciting stuff as we said earlier that's my seventh time saying it <laughs> i'm excited yeah, it is upon us elizabeth warren has thrown her hat into the ring yep. who's, who's next who's that, that, next because we've got what until june until the uh debates begin first debate will be in june then they're going to have a debate every month after that so it's going to be a crowded field at mm. this point there are some people there's up to 47 names i have heard <laughs> 47 it won't be 47 Whoa. but that's how many names are possible just off the top of my head Corey booker kamala harris uh sherrod brown uh obviously bernie sanders joe biden beto o'rourke uh elizabeth warren who's already in tammy duckworth tammy duckworth is going to be uh perhaps in uh the name the list just goes on and on and Do you think little tim kane's gonna come back maybe uh, terry mcauliffe might also come back yeah. martin o'malley Maybe Martin O'Malley, he can sing his way through the primaries once again. That would be exciting. Uh, So the names just continue on. There's another dude, John Hickenlooper, um, Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg might be in there. I think Bloomberg is a definite. I I think Bloomberg's definitely coming in. And I think that's a great group of people because you have a real diverse group of political ideologies there. Uh, You have someone like a Michael Bloomberg who is obviously more of a financial man, obviously a billionaire, someone who's going to be slightly more lax on Wall Street, who understands the economy in a different way than someone like a Sherrod Brown or uh, or an Elizabeth Warren. So Uh uh, have that debate. Uh, in the public forum, on stage, uh, through the media, and let's see where the Democratic Party wants to go for 2020. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I uh, giggled a little bit was uh, because I looked up possible 2020 Democratic candidates, uh, and I found an article from September 8th, 2017, uh, top 15 uh, possible 2020 Democratic nominees ranked uh, number 15, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, great. That's who we want. <laughs> Don't think Mark Zuckerberg's going to make it. Can you imagine the nightmare that that would be? <laughs> if you haven't seen Mark Zuckerberg roll out Facebook Live, I don't know if it's on YouTube. Smoked meats. Get these smoked meats. Get these smoked meats. He's 
pretending to have a barbecue with his really weird friends that I think he bought I'm that for that day. I think it's his employees. Yes, and he's just sitting there being like smoking meats. We never see the meats. We never see any smoke coming from the smoker. Well, he's got one of them eggs. He's got one of them eggs. That's what we got uh, my parents for uh, Christmas this year. My, me oh. and my brothers went in together and got my parents one of them smoked meats eggs. Smoked meats <laughs> eggs. Well, that's really good. And who is this Amy Klobuchar? Now, Amy Klobuchar, of course, she's out of Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, when I was there, she's a senator out of Minnesota. Really uh, made her name. She obviously with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and she's done well when it comes to the Senate hearings. She got uh, a lot of press when it came to the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, he, she was the one that Kavanaugh really kind of flipped out when he went like full rage uh, mode. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, Klobuchar. Yeah. She's out of Minnesota when I was there this past uh, week for uh, my little Christmas vacation, hanging out with some old friends. By the way, don't go to Mystic Lake Casino. The slots are stiff. <laughs> no the, loose slots? No loose slots. I'm telling you. They were, they're stiff and, slots. And, man, I've seen you double your money before. I you know, know your slots. I know. I got a, I got a whole <laughs> rhythm thing going on. I, I got a nice... I, I pick them the way I see them, uh-huh. and then nothing. I, I, I did horrible. Did okay at Blackjack. Um, but didn't did not recoup costs. Yeah, that's investing. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> a moron is what it's called. Um, there were already some bumper stickers out there for her. Yeah. So she has a lot of uh, a lot of positive heat in the state of Minnesota, and and who knows? Uh, I think that she will be running. So we'll see whether it be a Klobuchar, um, whether it be a Bloomberg. Whether it be there was some talk about like Mark Cuban, stuff like that. Who mm. knows? Uh, it, again, the field is going to be vast. It's going to be huge. Yeah. But I think that's exciting for the Democratic Party, and it's a good thing. And if you look at I was talking about this on Fox this week. If you look at the Democratic Party right now, there's a lot of attention being given to progressives. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, to name one. She's on the tip of everyone's tongue, of course. An unbelievable election. Unseating a 10-term more traditional democratic candidate and uh and uh politician it was an incredible victory for her but for every one of the uh alexandria ocasio cortezes there's almost two more moderate democrats yeah so if you look at the 66 seats that they were able to pick up which is phenomenal 25 are identified as progressives and 41 identify themselves as moderates and that's why we had pete sessions the uh, the republican out of Texas, he lost to a dude named Colin Allred. Mm-hmm. Colin Allred's a former football player. I think he was a linebacker. Strong, fast. <laughs> you got to be fast and strong to be a linebacker and smart. Got to be. It's the, it's the quarterback of the defense. <laughs> Did you know that, Marcus? <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I played football. <laughs> okay. All right. But Colin Allred, he's identified as a moderate. He also won. And so the Democratic Party, the left likes to embrace this idea that they're very progressive for positive reasons. And the right, specifically Fox News and and conservative media... Yeah, the pearl clutchers. Yeah, they like to say, oh my God, look at the Democratic Party. They're so crazy left, they're socialist, all this stuff. But if you actually look at it, as we've talked about on previous episodes, now that they have to court people who are disinfected, or not disinfected, (laughs) disenfranchised (laughs) Republicans, I guess disinfected to some degree, uh, disenfranchised Republicans, it's extremely possible we get a more moderate Democrat. And uh, that's where the, the party is mostly still that. So 
the left likes to sort of talk about that in a positive way. The right uses that as a battering ram against the Democratic Party. But if you actually look at who was elected, it's mostly moderates. Uh, Eleven of the members uh, that were Democrat uh, that were that were elected were uh, former CIA or have been in the military. And I'm going to say CIA and military, not exactly progressive. Not really. Um, there was 22 total, 11 Republicans as well. And, of course, r- roughly 23 um, Democrats were able to win in districts that Donald Trump won. And to do that, you can't necessarily be extremely far left, uh, although you do have some Donald Trump policies. Uh, with the populism Venn diagram that can kind of cross over a little bit. But nonetheless, so the Democratic Party is in solid shape right now, I personally think. I feel so much better already than I did in 2015. Yeah. 2016, uh, back when Hillary already had it won. Like, mm. literally, they, they announced the superdelegates before Iowa. Yeah. They're so stupid at lying. They're so stupid at cheating. Yeah. You know, don't tell us right away. Um, wait until the wait until the convention, and then we'll know the fix is in. <laughs> you know? But, uh, so it's exciting already, more exciting. Uh, we uh, It has a real, the one thing about the Republicans in 2016, man, those primaries were much must see TV. Mm-hmm. They really were the Republicans. The Republicans. I mean, they was, were. God, they were so good. They I were rem- incredible. It was. I remember me and you I mean, texting each other. Like, oh, <laughs> maybe that's a problem that we watched it like a sporting event because it does have You're real like, world. Oh man- shit! Oh my! So many drop the mic moments by those old dumpy bastards. Incredible. So uh, I am excited to see. Who ends up uh, with the nomination? Uh, Again, Elizabeth Warren has already uh, announced. Now, she I think she announced early so she can control the news media cycle for a little while. Yeah, for Uh, a bit. Because once the once the. Uh, once the field gets crowded, it's going to be real difficult uh, to get airtime, specifically when inevitably the media makes up their choice. Yeah. And then as soon as their choice, whoever it might be, maybe Joe Biden, if it is Biden, he's going to get so much more airtime. Yeah, it's a compelling yeah. narrative. You know, whatever is the most compelling narrative. And Beto. And Biden already has a pretty good narrative going, you know, with right. the whole you know, dead son thing and all sure. of that, and, you know, and putting it off and, you know, possibly a little bit of regret about putting it off for a little while because he would have fucking destroyed Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's got a good narrative going, you know, vice president. And you uh, put that together with Beto, someone who's a little more progressive. I think that's a pretty solid ticket right there. Or well, or Biden Bernie. You know, there is that idea that uh, I don't I don't. Well, I'm I'm. I'm done with Bernie. Yeah. Can I just say I like, I'm Bernie fatigued out? I'm, I'm a bit Bernie'd out I'm as well. a little well. Bernie'd he, out. He, he, there was a shot. You know, he had a shot. And he had a shot. shot. Shot's over. And the only reason he had a shot was because it was a binary choice. Yeah. And he did have policies uh, that he had him. advocated for for a long time. He was, he was honest and he was... Um, regardless if you agree with everything or not, he certainly was steadfast in his political beliefs, and, and yes. he didn't waver, and Always he never on. has. No, he's been the same dude yes. all throughout. Hell, go and listen to episodes from three years ago, oh and you'll goodness. hear me talking about how much I like Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. You know? like, it, it's it's out there, but yeah, I, I, the time, it's over. It, it's, it passed. That's what I think. The, 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 the window for a Bernie presidency passed. And the question is, with someone like Elizabeth Warren, who has also been steadfast in her more progressive beliefs, although I don't quite think she's not as as crazy as people want to make her out to be, specifically on the right. She's, you know, she is further further left. Just not, yeah, she's not. talking about 
you know, she does a good job of talking about middle the middle class and what's going on with the middle class. Now, are her ideas the way to solve it? I don't know. But at the same time, the middle class just needs to be engaged by the Democratic Party again. Yeah. Uh, because it's shrinking. Uh, wages are stagnant. They're not quite going down, but they're totally stagnant. And um, there's just a lot of suffering out there with a huge majority of this country. And the middle class, I just read an article on it now. People have, they identify themselves as middle class. A lot of these people are now living in trailers. Nothing wrong with trailers whatsoever. Um, but the middle class used to represent home ownership. Two-story two home. Two-story home. Two cars. Or, or two, maybe a car or two. Yeah, yeah one person know. working in the household. Right. That used to be the middle class. You know, 75K a year used to be able, as my father did, used to be able to feed a family of five and a lot of food, too. Because yeah. <laughs> um, was, yeah, I was well, in there. <laughs> three big old boys. Oh, yeah. My dad got quite upset because he would buy food for him. <laughs> what an idiot! Because he doesn't know he doesn't know when he's gone at night. I mean, yeah. all the food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's wages haven't gone up uh, at, at all. Commensurate to uh, uh, commensurate to rent, uh, student loans. You know, uh, just the general cost of living. Wages have not kept up. It does. It is not the same. Nope. As it was twenty years ago, thirty years ago, especially not forty, fifty years ago. Absolutely. So she has uh, stayed with that message. Now the question is with Elizabeth Warren. With Bernie Sanders in there, with someone like um, Kamala Harris, uh, with someone, you know, it's funny because true progressives that I talk to who are what I would consider to be socialist light, mm -hmm. um, they don't like Beto because they think he's too moderate. Yeah. Because, of course, he's got to run in Texas, you know. And, oh, but yeah. I, that, to me, as a moderate, as people know I am, I like that. Oh, yeah. My full-on communist buddy, he'll definitely tell me all about that. I know. We talked about it <laughs> every time we talk to your communist buddy. It, it, it's incredible. He's got some funny ideas because yeah. he also doesn't want weed legalized. He wants it decriminalized. And I was like, why? And then I couldn't understand the answer. <laughs> so, I don't know. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Not bad. Robinhood wants to make financial services work for everyone, people like you and me, not just the wealthy. Robinhood knows the stock market can be scary for newcomers, so they designed an app that makes it easy to invest with true confidence. Hey, I'm not exactly a stock market expert. I know, I'm sure you noticed. So I wasn't sure how much I'd like investing on a smartphone. So Robinhood gave me some stocks to try out their easy and intuitive app and web platform. All of the data you need, you got charts, analyst ratings, and market data are presented in a really easy way to understand. I got all set up with a personalized newsfeed that helped me discover new stocks and track my favorite companies. It was easy to set up custom notifications for price movements, and with Robinhood, you can place a trade with just four taps on your smartphone. So you can invest anytime, anyplace. I loved how I was able to learn about investing as I built my portfolio. And my favorite thing about Robinhood is other more traditional brokerages with brick and mortar storefronts can charge up to $10 per trade. But Robinhood has no commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all your profits. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at tophat.robinhood.com. That's tophat.robinhood.com. So some people say Beto isn't progressive enough, but when it comes to Elizabeth Warren, she's she certainly is seen as progressive. Yeah. And the question is, with three or four solid progressives in a Democratic primary, do they split each other up? Does Bernie, because right now, 
Elizabeth Warren is not polling well. No. Even on the uh, a MoveOn.org poll that I saw, uh, Biden was above her, Beto was above her, Bernie was above her, uh, I think Kamala Harris was above her, and Sherrod Brown out of Ohio, who's another more progressive guy who I really like, um, was just underneath her, and she was polling around 6%. So the question is, will Bernie or uh, even Cory Booker to some degree, who isn't polling that high either, because I don't think he's done a good job of leadership. Uh, if you look at you know his area in Jersey, terrible. Um, not the, the the area is horrible, and him taking huge money from pharmaceutical companies, not allowing Canadian drugs to people who are dying in this country who can't afford uh, the absurd price of uh, pharmaceutical drugs in this country. I think he's I think he's a fraud. Yes. But when you look at when you look at Warren versus someone like a Bernie, Bernie is just polling much higher at this point and you wonder if he's taking her support, if he's taking her support uh, because of course his name recognition is quite high. Um, because of 2016 and her her name recognition is high nationally but mostly because Donald Trump and her have been in this public feud about her heritage with Native American with her claiming to be Native American yeah. and then Trump calling her Pocahontas That's and this disgusting stupid juvenile uh, battle of words. That's mostly what she's known for right now. So she's got to reshift. She's got to, you know, um, get the ship back online and reform her narrative. And uh, that's not going to be easy to do. So I think that's why she got in so early. I don't know if she's ever going to be able to do it because well, that's it was just, a nightmare. it's just what she's been known for. And I think with her putting oh, out that 23andMe oh, or so whatever dumb. the hell it was uh, that she put out her DNA result, like her putting that out, that just tells you right off the bat before she even announced she doesn't know how to play this game. Well, like there, there is a game that has to be played to win 2020 and she doesn't know how to well, play. Well, that's the problem, as we've said countless times. When you wrestle a pig in shit, the pig's going to win and yeah. going to love it. Yeah. Don't bother with this nonsense. Continue to have him call you Pocahontas. Who gives a shit? Yeah, he calls you Pocahontas, you go, uh-huh, and then you go right into whatever. You go into your actual policy. Exactly, because all she did right now was open up the door for people to say, okay, so you've released this, you're not Native American. She authored five articles in Pow Wow Chow, which is, or five <laughs> recipes in the cookbook Pow Wow Chow, which is horrible. Yeah. But the question is, did she take money from her university to get uh, you know student loans and uh, and some benefits for claiming to be Native American? If she did that, that's a real problem because that's that's like cult, that's true cultural appropriation. Yeah. If you're turning the door, if you're shutting the doors on a true Native American who now can no longer get those benefits because you've taken one of the slots, uh, you know, or one of the positions, that's a true problem. And uh, you know, so on its face, people just think, why the hell would you lie about this? It kind of gives you the flavor of Ro Rachel Dolezal. Mm -hmm. You know, like why are you lying about something that is so significant? And um, it's bizarre then that she would release the evidence that she is in fact not Native American or 166 or I mean I think all of us could probably find something uh, I got uh, to that degree. Well, you're very British. <laughs> you're very you're very British. Yeah. But that was a strategic mistake. So hopefully she can get back on message, um, and uh, and that's what she's trying to do. I saw her interview on Rachel Maddow. Again, talking about the middle class, we do have an issue, as I mentioned on uh, Fox also, where teachers are making 57 k on average, nurses 67 k on average, lawyers 150000 on average. Um, so there is something wrong. 
And yeah. we know there's something wrong uh, when our educators and people who take care of our loved ones, such as nurses, aren't living, a, aren't, aren't getting a real livable wage when they have to collect government uh, assistance. And that's another way that they can swing this is we want to get people off of government assistance. And how do you do that? You give them a, a regular um appropriately sized paycheck yeah. and and to do that you also you know it, it's not some huge progressive idea i would cut the bureaucracy of the school system it's absolutely horrible there's more bureaucrats than ever before and nothing's getting done nothing's trickling down to the teachers or to the students we got to gut the administrative costs and just get back to education as the key focus and stop having people go in and take uh take their little slice of the pie that they don't even deserve. You know, all these bureaucrats for schools, they don't do anything. Well, it all feeds back into the college system yeah. uh, because these schools, they need to get these kids prepped for college. They have to get, they have to convince yeah. these kids to go to college because the school gets a bonus for every kid that goes to college. So they get more money. So they push kids into college that don't need to be in college that probably that might not even want to be in college, but they push it into they push them into college and it just feeds into a larger system. It's all money. It yeah, all comes. It all comes back to money. All comes back to for profit. Yeah. The for profit college system has some real flaws. And obviously, as we're seeing with with students who are coming out of college with an immense amount of debt and they studied dance nothing wrong with that or you know musical theater it's just the amount of uh, money that they could make in those professions does not offset the cost of universities so you it know when make you come sense. to new york city somebody's got to act on broadway i someone does but i don't <laughs> yeah. know if they even went to college for it when you when you when you take your vacation from nebraska and uh, you want to come see cats yeah somebody's got to beat a cat Somebody got to go to college to beat a cat. Oh, I studied to be a dog. <laughs> Dang it. I should have studied to be a cat. I'll never be on Broadway. I studied to be a lion. I'm in the Lion King. Oh, you're making money. Strange. Uh, so keeping that focus, and when it comes to education, when it comes to the university system, uh, you know, it gets tossed around free college and this kind of stuff. But there is something that can be done, and free college is it's really not a sustainable idea. And I think in some ways it just pushes – um, the bar to the next level where now if you don't have a college degree, then you can't get a job. Like back in the day, you needed a high school degree. Mm -hmm. And now you basically need a college degree. Um, although, you know, you can make it without. You can do a two-year. You can get an associate's. You can do what people that I know who were able to skip college and because they're extremely intelligent um, and do it that way. But the main concern is if you make it 100% free, first of all, it's really difficult to finance, although we – $700 billion. We find that for the military every yes. goddamn year. Um, so I, the money can exist. Uh, but the question is then do you just push the bar even further and then people have to go to college uh, if they don't have the ability to, whether it be because they have to stay with their families or whatever, then does it make it uh, impossible for them to get any work with just a high school degree? That That is a concern if everyone is considered or supposed to have a college degree. I just don't think that college is for everyone um, because, you know, it, especially now with the way that technology works, the way that I, I just trust people's people are creative mm -hmm. and they're able to figure stuff out. And uh, the college system, the way that it's set up, it's clunky, it's slow and it's so big that it's extremely um, I, I just I, I just feel like it's it hasn't kept up with the times. I really don't think it's kept up with the times. I mean, I don't but. know really know what the uh, alternative is. I mean, I, I don't know what Etsy. else. <laughs> That's it. 
No, there's I mean, just yeah, a lot of creative all, I mean, ways to do stuff. Yeah, but you know, but on the other hand, without college, uh, I never would have gained all of the uh, knowledge and experience I had with right. radio in order to, uh, you know help found this network yeah you know, absolutely we, wouldn't have I, we would not have any of this stuff because i wouldn't have learned any of this stuff right. if i hadn't have done college radio well i think we all agree affordable college affordable absolutely college, yeah because college was very i came out of college without any debt like i, I had affordable Ooh, college lucky. through scholarships and grants right uh i was able to to get through college and it wasn't and also texas tech wasn't that expensive back then Get like, your guns up. <laughs> get your guns up. Get your guns up. But Texas it, Tech. It, yeah, but it was not that expensive back and, in the early 2000s. Well, and now these you know, these universities are just bilking the students, and um, it's horrible. They're making yeah. so much money. It, it's absolutely abhorrent. And I think that they should tier it uh, regarding what subject you're going for and how much does that subject pay in the real world. I think that should have something to do with how much you pay in uh, in cost. But it should never be as high as it is right now, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it's it's horrible what they're doing uh, to these kids and, and taking a lot of opportunities um, away from their families who oftentimes have to pay and foot the bill for these uh, for these schools. Yeah. And of course, it also uh, leads to a lot of people just being shut out entirely. There are some scholarships and programs like that, but the whole thing has to be uh, retooled and the for-profit college system needs to be completely um, not done away with entirely, but it needs to be changed and altered. So the Democratic Party can take the lead on that. Yeah. And I think the Republican Party, a lot of Republicans uh, would also agree with that because there's a lot of poor freaking Republicans out there. Well, I think to we're say gonna, the least, I, I think America is going to have to deal with it sooner gonna rather than later. To. I mean, once the student loan bubble bursts, right, uh, we're going to have a big problem on our hands. Absolutely. And we're currently going through something they call the brain drain because we're not um, uh, keeping in the immigrants that uh, that come here to study in universities. We tend to kick them out afterwards. And what happens here in New York State because of the high taxes and things like that, a lot of people are just leaving um, these places, such as New York State, that really need, we need smart people here mm -hmm. um, because as we're seeing in this city uh, there's a lot of people struggling and our school systems are just basically in total shambles um, because uh, again people are taken off the top and it's not going down to the kids and it's not going down to the teachers uh, who deserve it so they can help no. the kids and well you know how that works yep um, speaking of primaries it's not just the democrats so we talked about them a lot of names i'm sure by next week someone else will um, will throw their name in the ring uh, the republican party might have a primary as well mitt romney came out with an op-ed he wrote um, and it was really aggressive and mean. He was, as far as Mormons go, pretty, pretty cruel. Yeah? Yeah. Bit of a Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he wrote an op-ed and talking about how Trump isn't suited for president. Uh, you know, his personality isn't, uh, you know, what it should be for the presidency and all this kind of stuff. We all know where Mitt Romney stands on this. Yeah. Um, nothing surprising. No, nothing surprising. And of course, he just got elected a junior senator out of Utah. Uh, he's going to be there for six years, so he has no political reason not to go against, not to go against Trump at this point. He, when he was running for the Senate as well, uh, he wasn't. He didn't fully embrace Trump. You know, whatever. Um, Sixty-six percent of Utahians is that what they're called? Uh, Utonians. Utonians. Yeah. They, they say they want him to go mess with Trump a little bit. So he wrote this op-ed, and uh, he kind of alluded to in an interview that he's waiting to see who gets into the primary field uh, to take on Donald Trump. Now, the issue with this is good freaking luck. Donald Trump, I know he gets a lot of bad press for a lot of good reason uh, in many ways, um, but he's at 88% within the Republican Party. So he is doing exceptionally well 
uh, in the Republican party, party has lost its fucking mind. It's just it's the party of Trump. It's yeah. the party of Trump. Um, so he's doing great. So good luck, Mitt. If you want to get in there and try to primary Donald Trump, all you're going to do is create an adversary for him and probably get him ready for a general. Yeah. So I don't know if it's even the smartest idea. I think the Democrat, or the Republican Party, I think they're, they should. They're going to they're ride or die with this dude, and he's not. I do not see him getting primaried. I just don't see it, it happening. I think what Mitt Romney might be doing, and what I think we might see a lot of guys doing here in the next few months, is hedging their bets that Trump is not going to finish his term. There's a lot of speculation, but that speculation has been going on for so freaking long. Yeah, but now the Democrats are have subpoena power, and the Mueller investigation is right. heating up. Like as we said, we were God two studios ago when we were yeah, say, when we were saying, you know, like yeah, we're seeing a lot of smoke here, but we aren't seeing fire yet. Uh, and that smoke, it's that smokestack's getting bigger well, every single day. We have uh, seen fire with the indictments and yeah. stuff like that. There's been a little bit there, and of course, uh, but if you, so far it hasn't touched Trump yet, but it seems like every day there's a lot more that's coming out uh, about this guy well, and his dealings with Russia. You know, for that, it is interesting because I think that would motivate Trump to run even more. Well, to keep his ass out. Well, I don't know. Because I mean, he would need to stay there. He's got to be president. Very possible that he could make a deal where he says, don't indict me and I'll leave. Maybe just I'll go just uh, just I'll go because now man it, now now you're starting to see possibilities that Donald Trump possibly sold himself to the highest bidder might have sold well, himself yeah like I, so. I mean so yeah. as far as foreign governments go though sure and really terrible foreign governments and if that can be proved yeah. ugh, that is bad for him so I think the best possible outcome we could have I think is if he just said you know what. I'll just go. Yeah. Just let me go. Just let me go. I'll leave. I'll leave everyone alone. I'll go. I will <sighs> hang out in a golf course somewhere. Just let me go. You know, and it's interesting, we'll ma- And we'll make this thing peaceful because what we're – I dread the moment that it comes – for a peaceful transition of power because that's, oh, it, what, that's what Americans pride themselves on. Yes, I mean, uh, it'll have to be. It'll be peaceful. I mean, it'll be a tweet storm. Yeah. You know, but part of me just wants him to stay in. I mean, I just think he should. You want to be president? Don't don't uh, bow out now. You know, run for re-election and see see where the I want to know where the American people are at. Do you want to get the you want to get a litmus test as to where I we are? See. I mean, I want I, I want to see. He can do a lot more damage in the next couple you know? of years, though. Well, that's true. I mean, he could do a ton. I mean, he's um, already done a lot of damage. Well, I think psychologically, for sure. Psychologically, as far as the environment goes, he's done irreparable damage. Uh, He's done, you know, to our reputation, uh, trade, you know, like Canada just cut us out of a gigantic trade deal. Right. uh, And Canada's pulling ahead of us. And, you know, like that was a deal that, you know, Donald Trump was yelling at Canada and they said, all right, fine. We'll just do it without you. And there are a lot of countries that are going to be pulling ahead of us. And it's going to take us a long time to catch back up again. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a different worldview. That that is absolutely for certain. America first uh, also means America alone. And uh, we'll we'll see. When the economy goes down, real possible it'll collapse before November 2020. Mm -hmm. So, um, if he stays, I, I do. I, I, I kind of want him to stay in. I, I want to see the. Uh, I want to see. You want to see this play out. I want to see him lose. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> to a good candidate. I want the Democratic Party to show that they can beat this guy. Yeah. Um, because if they don't, then all of a sudden you have a Republican Party that now is an open field, 
people like Mitt, uh, people like Jeff Flake. You can get your more traditional Republicans back in the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Trump support, they might stay home. Half of them might stay home. But that's kind of worrisome as well, you know, because I do think it's a center-right country still mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And if the Republicans were able to get rid of Trump, that's really the gift that for them. Yeah. That's a gift for them, you know. So I I, I hope we can see um, – well, who the hell knows? It's a hell of a gamble. It's a gamble. But, you know, if the Democratic Party can't beat Donald Trump, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. So hopefully they can just get someone in there uh, and don't make this primary process for the Dems. I just really hope they don't go hyper-personal. I hope they don't just try to destroy everyone at their core so when they get to a general, again, as we talked about, it's just a battle of who sucks less. Yeah. Um, because or who su- whatever, you know, just going back to what happened uh, with Hillary and in and, and Trump uh, round one. So <sighs> who the hell knows? I know that Trump has said publicly the one person he wants to run against the most is Elizabeth Warren. But if you look at the polling data right now, Sherrod Brown beats him by like eight percentage points. Uh, Bernie is actually the most dangerous one for the Democrats uh, to nominate. They're about tied Bernie yeah. versus Trump, which is kind of interesting. So Elizabeth Warren beats him. Most candidates beat him. Yeah. Uh, so I would kind of like to see that happen. And I want to see the Democratic Party be able to pull that off because it seems like, remember, he was supposed to be the least the least likely to win candidate ever. I remember. <laughs> like, I, so I, I don't know why we're scared of him all of a sudden. The Democratic Party, I don't know why they're scared of him all of a sudden. Yeah. Like we should still be able, they should still be able to beat the guy. Um, but who knows? That's why this year is going to be so exciting. It is. Um, all right. Just lastly, let's get to some new laws. It's 2019. It's a new year, which means new laws. Some good, some bad. Speaking of Utah, I'm going to say this is a bad law, and some people might disagree with me, but they have lowered their drinking and driving limit. Uh, it is now down to 0.05 or zero. Yeah, I think it's 0.05. What is it, half a beer? Uh, it's about half a beer. Wow. And of course, it's 0.08 it's, it's right now. Mm. Um, so they went down to 0.5. Or point zero five, and I just think this is going to put more people in jail, and uh, you know, give people more DUIs, obviously. And honestly, if you you can have a beer and drive, you can yes. have two beers and drive. Most people could probably have four beers and drive. It used to be one point uh, one, mm-hmm. and then they just lowered it for political reasons. And I understand drinking and driving very dangerous. You want to be careful, but we're not talking drunk and driving. Yeah, you know these are adults. So I disagree with that law in Utah. It's going to cause a lot of people um, a lot of financial grief because they're going to have to Uber and Lyft everywhere. It'll be good for Uber and Lyft. Yeah, um, but I just think that that law is a little bit too. A little too Puritan for my liking. A little too Mormon. All right. Cal- a little too Mormon. Um, by the way, you know, you think about bias, and I was thinking about this the other day. 2012, um, I think that Mitt Romney probably would have won if he wasn't Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I think so. We always think about bias in, like, gender or race, but the anti-Mormon bias, I mean, for me, I don't like religious fanatics at all. No. Um so that was kind of interesting. I, I think he would have won if he was just a more mainstream Christian. Well, I don't think people ha- people don't like hate Mormons. I think Mormons just make weird people. Yeah, Mormons just make people go. Hmm. Well, when we were in Utah and passing the church there, there's a wedding on the hour every hour. Yeah, everyone is just. It just it's reminds all me. White. All wearing white. It reminds me of Resident Evil 4, the the greatest <laughs> video game of all time. It just uh-huh. reminds me of that strange church and all those whatever. Um, but, uh, okay, so new laws, 2019. So that's Utah for you. Uh, no longer have a beer and drive. So don't do it. 
When we were in Utah, I guess it makes some sense because the drunks were angry. My God, they were angry. Wasn't that weird? They were really angry. Everyone tried to start a fight with me. Well, I think it was. We were also on the uh, double whammy of the Final Four and St. Patty's Day, weren't we? Yes, yes. Anyway, all right. And then California, of course, the state of California has a bunch of new laws. Uh, for better or for worse. There is one that I absolutely love, uh, and that is involving puppers and cats. As of now, uh, under a new law taking effect this past Tuesday, pet shops can no longer sell dogs, cats, or rabbits unless they've been obtained from a public shelter or rescue group. This is wonderful for one reason. What happened in California, this is kind of an unintended consequence of something that I think is a good sympathetic policy, is the no-kill shelters. Mm -hmm. But because of the no-kill shelters, they would do these things where they would say, hey, it's half off on Saturday, it's Father's Day, half off on a dog. People would go in and buy bunches of dogs, and then over half of those would get returned the next day or a few days later right. um, to, to the same shelter or to a different shelter because they're not stuffed animals. They are real animals, and they require freaking work. Yeah. They're not gifts. You know, they are. Oh, they're no. whole As you know, as I know. Unless someone explicitly asks you for a dog. Don't get them. <laughs> Do not. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, it's it's, very, it's a, a extremely rewarding and uh, wonderful. I wouldn't give up my Georgie for nothing, no. but it's hard. Yeah. The, as soon as someone's like, oh, it poops, it's like, yeah, it poops a lot. Every like, day, like three times a day. Yes. You have to get your ass out of bed when it's barking at you at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's a total pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so be prepared. But because they have the no-kill shelters, which I agree with, um, there was just an abundance of animals that were living four or five dogs or cats in a crate. Yeah. It was really suffering. It was, it was true animal suffering. And, of course, the puppy mills of the world were still selling to these pet shops. So that is no longer. So the pet shops have got to get rescue animals. And I think that is wonderful because rescue animals, they're, they're rescue animals for a reason. They need to be rescued. And uh, they're awesome animals. Yeah. They are perfect dogs, perfect cats. Um, so no need uh, to always go out there and get your puppy mill dogs uh, or cats. So I think that's a great law that California passed. And I think it's going to save a lot of animal lives. Great little dogs. All right. Um, then let's see. What else do we have here, Marcus? I loved uh, another law that California, never, another very good law that I I wish we would do here in New York City that beginning in October of this year, California will get rid of cash bail for suspects awaiting trial. Okay. Instead of putting up money to obtain the release, people charged with a felony will go through a pretrial risk assessment. If a judge releases them, they would be supervised by a government agency or business contracted to handle that task. People arrested for most misdemeanors would be booked and released without an assessment. Because uh, see, what happens a lot of times right. when people are arrested for uh, felonies, whether they're guilty or not, yep. they don't make bail. They just can't make oh bail because they don't have the money. Uh, and we have, you know, there are thousands of stories out of Rikers well, oh my uh, God. of people that are kept there for years well, one of the more waiting trial because they can't, just can't make bail. One of the more famous ones, of course, Khalif Browder, there's a sad, really devastating documentary on Khalif Browder um, who was in Rikers. He was put in solitary confinement. The officers arrested him for stealing a backpack. He's like, I didn't steal the backpack. There's no evidence that he did steal a backpack. He couldn't get out because he didn't plead out because mm -hmm. he had some principle. He said, I'm not going to do it. 
Three years later, he gets out. He ends up committing suicide because of the emotional trauma. I mean, sexual assault, physical assault in every sense, of the, in every possible way he experienced. Just the dehumanizing way that the guards treat inmates um, devastated him and took his, he took his own life. I mean, they really uh, psychologically murdered this man. Yeah. So I think that's a great idea. The cash bail system is so predatory. Well, I remember walking around, I think it was Indiana, and you'll see this around all jailhouses. Mm-hmm. The main business, you, you know when you're near the courthouse yeah. it's all bail bonds it's all that because uh, they know where their uh bread is buttered and they know where their business is and and what it um and what it entails so i think that's a, a really good step in the right direction for california it really is i hope more states uh follow that lead other laws that passed uh, this is multiple states passed um, harder restrictions or more restrictions on gun purchasing. Uh, at least six states, that's California, Washington, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, and Vermont, uh, and the District of Columbia. They are raising the minimum age of gun purchasing from 18 to 21. Uh, the caveat, I believe, in all of these states is, unless you're a law enforcement officer in the military or have a hunter safety license, therefore you can buy hunter, uh, hunting rifles. Now, we'll see if these laws stand. California also uh, created it, uh, a misdemeanor where with domestic abuse, uh, if, if a spouse is found guilty of domestic abuse, uh, whether that be a man or a woman, uh, they can no longer have a gun and their guns can be taken away. We'll see if those laws stand. I'm sure there's going to be a large pushback by the Second Amendment community, um, by the NRAs of the world, and, and just by other uh, people who think that might be going a little bit too far. We'll see if those hold up in the courts. Overall, I think uh, 18 to 21 is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a problem with it whatsoever. You got to be 21 to buy alcohol. I think you should probably have to be 21 to be in be in the military. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I don't really have a problem uh, with restricting people from buying uh, weapons of mass destruction. People like Nicholas Cruz, of course, who was able to purchase an AR um, legally at the age of 18. I just don't know why an 18 year old would need that kind of weapon. And again. They do have the caveats in there for hunters. So to me, I, I think these laws are reasonable and rational, and we've been talking about that for quite some time. doesn't impede on people's Second Amendment, uh, Amendment right. You can still have a firearm, um, but uh, I, I think it's fine to wait for a little bit more maturity. Uh, in the hands of gun owners, I, re- I really think so. Yeah, it's not 1895 anymore, where no. you know you're where you're pretty much uh, expected to run a farm by the age of 15. Like we, we are at a time in history when uh, maturity goes a little slower than it used to. It's possible, uh, and so I think raising the raising the age up to 21 is a damn good idea. Right, and Californians who involuntarily uh, committed to a mental who were involuntarily committed to a mental institution twice in a year or who are convicted of certain domestic violence offenses could face a lifetime gun ban ownership. So some people will hear that and they'll say, oh, that's too far. But when we talk about things like mental health issues, you know, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. If you have to have legislation passed in order to make sure that people who aren't mentally stable enough to have a a weapon that can take a life um, if you really do want to take that head on, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a mental institution involuntarily twice in, in one year, 
I think that that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I don't know if you need a firearm. It, it could be. I, I don't think you do need a firearm um, because those are the stories that we hear retroactively after a mass shooting. Uh, going back to Nicholas Cruz, he had, uh, you know, psychological issues. He had been to therapists and everyone says, how the hell did he get a gun? Mm-hmm. And now, of course, we're going to have people saying that these laws go too far. And California has some batshit crazy laws that do go f- too far. But when it comes to this, uh, Oregon passed a similar law as well. Basically, it expanded Oregon law that went into effect January 1st. Domestic abuse offenders or people under restraining orders are banned from owning uh, or purchasing a gun in Illinois. Author, uh, authorities now have the right to seize firearms from people determined to be a danger to themselves or others. Now, when it comes to that last Illinois point, that it could be a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You do want to be careful. The idea of seizing firearms, you are creating a dangerous scenario. Yes. People who have their guns are very serious about their guns. And as we know from Bill Cooper, try to take it. <laughs> you know? that, they're like literally the take my gun, like, yeah. try to take my gun people are very serious. Yeah. Or Ruby Ridge, you know, like exactly. the, these things turn south real fast. Absolutely. So easier said than done. If the military in the, in or if the police uh, decide that, you know, you don't you shouldn't have a gun. And in this one, they have the right to seize firearms, for people who they determine to be a danger to themselves or others. This is where it gets gray. Who's deciding? When is it a person who is dangerous to themselves or others? You got to be really careful here not to impede the Second Amendment rights of normal, rational people or people who might just have a different opinion than you. Mm -hmm. Someone who, let's say, has 18 Make America Great Again uh, signs outside of their house. Is that person crazy? In my eyes, I think they've gone a little bit nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but does that mean that you get a, uh, have a right to take their firearms or vice versa? Somebody who has a you know a, a series of uh, socialist you know you've seen crazy crazy houses are around in every community where you're like that person wears their political ideology on their sleeve. There's a lot of bumper stickers on that car. Yeah. Does that mean you seize the firearm? So you do have to be careful if the police are determining who is rational and who is not because. Because as we've seen, oftentimes they're not the greatest judge of people. Speaking of bumper stickers, remember the MAGA bomber? Didn't that just go away? Oh, yeah. So did he. <laughs> no, didn't, he that, had a, didn't that whole thing just kind of go off into the distance? It Man. really did. Wow. Um, so otherwise, uh, so we had, that's the Second Amendment stuff, which I think is a significant uh, laws being passed. Uh, several states are also aiming, uh, taking aim at sexual harassment. These are uh, being branded the Me Too uh, laws, specifically California. California has banned non-disclosure provisions in settlements involving cl- uh, claims of sexual assault, harassment, or discrimination based on sex. California employers will also no longer be allowed to compel workers to sign uh, non Basically, um, uh, you know, what do you non-disclosure agreements? They yeah. can't. They they're, they're not supposed to encourage that to happen as a condition of employment or in exchange for a raise or a bonus. Uh, by the end of 2019, public corporations in the Golden State will also need at least to at least have one woman on their board of directors. Depending on the size of the board, corporations will need to increase that number uh, to at least two or three female board members by the end of 2021 so you know that legislation that 
is uh, is interesting. We're a small business now, and I believe it was the number is five. If you have five employees, um, you have to have a mandatory two hours of sexual harassment. Uh, I, I guess training. Training, yeah. Uh, not how to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> prevention. Prevention training. Prevention training. <laughs> um, you know, so that's one of those. It's interesting with the board of elections or with the with the boards and stuff like that. I I don't. You know, that's I, I would like to think that people are good enough not to hire based on gender. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those where it does put gender as a as a prerequisite in order to hire people. So it can be used as a double edged sword. If you're a board of directors and now you have three women, now all of a sudden people look around and they say, oh, they got here because of a, this is what uh, a lot of people on the right would say about uh, African-Americans and affirmative action. That was the uh, lawsuit brought um, brought by the Asian folks, as a matter of fact, I forget the name of the family, uh, because she didn't get into Michigan because uh, Asians are actually d- discriminated against in some ways mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the collegiate uh, process. So the question is, do, do people then look around and say, oh, you don't actually deserve to be here? And, uh, you know, that that would be an unfortunate side effect. But the reason that these laws are there is because of a long history of, of women not being allowed in these positions through, uh, you know, a series of... Um, you know, uh, misogynistic reasons. Yes. So, you know, I understand why they're there. The question that, you know, you just want to be careful um, not to make gender, not to not, not to put gender as um, on the forefront of why someone gets hired or not get hired. Right. You know, and that's sort of one of the unintended consequences of legislation like this. It's difficult. It's a very difficult problem to deal with. It really is. Yeah. It's a really difficult um, problem to deal with. But those are the laws uh, that have been passed. That was in Golden State, mm-hmm. which is, of course, also in California. One more law from uh, California. If now, if you're a doctor and you're on probation. Uh-huh. You got to tell people. You got to tell people? <laughs> what? You should give them a... Do you get a discount? You got, <laughs> I'm on probation till June, so hey, buddy, half Wait, off. Hold on. It's like the doctor from Dirty Work? What is going on? Yeah, if a doctor's on probation, uh, if you're a uh, surgeon, a physician, a podiatrist, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, uh, or an osteopathic or a naturopathic doctor, if you're on probation... Got to tell the patient. Right you know up what? Front, right gonna, up top. I'm saying I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like. I don't, don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know if it, it, half the people you meet is on probation. That is true. I don't want to know if my doctor. I can't go into a brain surgery being like, "That's right, he stole a car eight years ago." No, I, probation for his medical practice, oh, not probation for criminal tr- actions. Good lord, because I, I don't <laughs> care if you steal a car. You, you're good with getting into things. You're no. a brain surgeon. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. If he's on probation for you know uh, having well, you know fucking up how is he how can he be an actual doctor or how can he be working if he's on probation you can still be on probation and yet if you it's one of those things where it's like hey you fucked up but not that bad but hmm. if you fuck up again you lose your license okay plenty of doctors go on probation really for little fuck ups yeah oh my <laughs> all right that's fine oh my god all right so those are some new laws for 2019 so we're gonna have a great year we're gonna keep on following all what's going on with the primary we'll keep you up to date as much as we know as far as the Mueller investigation it just continues going on so it just keeps going and going keeps going, on going we'll see I my bold prediction is they'll have stone and they'll have this Jerome Corsi guy probably by the end of the month and we'll see what goes on with that and um Government shutdown, I'm assuming we got another week. Yeah. I think we probably have another week before all sides get the heat from their own 
constituents and just be like, just end the damn thing because it just uh, at some point it, it really just reflects poorly on both. Well, you know? I, I think just if the the Democrats just have to find a way to uh, make him think that he won uh, and yeah. then make him look like an idiot. That's that's, uh, that's gonna that once they figure out how to it. do that, then that's what that's what they're gonna need to do. I'm assuming it'll be three billion, two point five billion for border security. That's what they're gonna call it, and Donald Trump will call it. Uh, a wall and um, the whole damn country can move on from this idiot fest. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of it's all children. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Check out our live show. We have a live special. As a matter of fact, I should have said that up top. Oh yeah, I should do that. We didn't. Well, we'll put that ad in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put an ad up top. Last podcast live dot com. That is our live show. We filmed it this past. Well, about, I guess about a month ago now, or no, about three weeks ago, four weeks. Yeah, about three weeks ago. No clue. No clue. <laughs> uh, we filmed that in Chicago. Check that out at six dollars and sixty six cents. We've had such an awesome response so far. Thank you all so much uh, for supporting us over the years. We really appreciate it. That's lastpodcastlive.com. It's a really funny show, and it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's bonkers. www.lastpodcastlive.com. Uh, www. World Wide Web. Uh-huh. That's yeah, right. make sure you put in that www. Yeah, for some reason you got to do that, but that's all right. Who cares? It's easy enough to do. Um, so thank you all so much for watching and enjoying that. All right, everyone. Uh, we know social media, Marcus Parks, Marcus Parks for everything. Ben Kissel, Ben Kissel one on Instagram, Ben Kissel on Twitter. I'm trying to dip my toe back in Twitter a little bit. Just trying to find some moderation. Again? I'm just trying to find moderation. <laughs> That's it. Before it drives me too crazy. I'm um, okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.